بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم الحمد لله رب العالمين والصلاة والسلام على عبد الله ورسوله نبينا محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين أما بعد So once again we find ourselves by the grace of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his mercy together again in this house from the houses of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to remember something or to learn something about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, about the most important piece of knowledge that a Muslim can ever develop and ever have. And that is knowledge of Allah Azza wa Jal and who Allah is and what Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does and to know those names and attributes that form the essence of our belief in Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And today we have two more names to cover, as I said at the beginning of, uh, of this series, we will probably take it a little bit slowly while we are getting through the names that have the biggest number of meanings and the most amount of explanation. And then perhaps we will cover more like six or seven names in a class later on, depending on what Allah makes easy. But right now, we are covering these names that have such huge, huge meanings and such great significance in the life of a Muslim. And today we have the two names, Al-Hay and Al-Qayyum. Al-Hay and Al-Qayyum. And the first thing that we want to mention is that Al-Hay Al-Qayyum are two names that come in the Quran separately and come in the Quran together. So sometimes they come in the Quran separately and sometimes they come in the Quran together. When they come separately, they have a meaning and when they come together, they have an additional meaning. So it's not the case with the names of Allah that one add one equals two. Rather one add one equals three. You have the meaning of the original name and the meaning of the second name and then the beauty of those two names being used together in the same speech which gives us an additional meaning or an additional benefit on top of the benefit that we take from each individual name and we should be aware that these two names of Allah only come together in three places in the Quran the first is in Surah Al-Baqarah in Ayat Al-Kursi. Allahu la ilaha illahu al-hayyu al-qayyum. Allahu la ilaha illahu al-hayyu al-qayyum. And I just want you to reflect on this, that you all know that Ayat Al-Kursi is the greatest ayah in the Book of Allah. And the greatest ayah in the Book of Allah begins with three names of Allah. Allah, Al-Hay, Al-Qayyum. And if you didn't need me to tell you, or you don't need me to tell you any more evidence for the importance of these names, than that these three names begin the single most important ayah in the whole of the Quran. The greatest ayah 
of the Quran, Allahu la ilaha illahu al-hayyul qayyum. And I also would like you to reflect why Ayatul Kursi is the greatest ayah in the Quran. And that's off topic, so I'm not going to deal with it completely today. But just I would like you to just to think about why, what is in this ayah. This ayah is all about Allah. Allahu la ilaha illahu al hayyul qayyum. La ta'khuduhu sinatun wa la nawm. Lahu ma fi samawati wa ma fi al-ard. Man dha alladhi yashfa'u indahu illa bi'idhni. Ya'lamu ma bayna idhim wa ma khalfahum. Wa la yuhitoona bi shay'in min ilmihi illa bima sha'a. وَسِعَ كُرْسِيُّهُ السَّمَاوَاتِ وَالْأَرْضِ وَلَا يَعُودُهُ حِفْظُهُمَا وَهُوَ الْعَلِيُّ الْعَظِيمِ The whole ayah from the beginning to the end is a description of Allah. And what Allah does and who Allah is and His names and His attributes and His tawheed and worshipping Him alone. This is the whole ayah. The ayah begins with the command to worship Allah alone. Allahu la ilaha illahu. Allah, that there is no God that deserves worship but Him. Al-Hayyul Qayyum. So the reason I mention this is that I want you guys to, I want you guys to understand and I want you guys to appreciate just how important these two names of Allah are, Al-Hayyul Qayyum. And then again at the beginning of Surah Ali Imran, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala tells us Alif Lam Mim, Allahu la ilaha illahu, Al-Hayyul Qayyum. And the third in Surah Taha, when Allah says, Wa'anatil wujuhu lil-Hayyul Qayyum. The faces on that day will be humbled in front of Al-Hayyul Qayyum. So the, this name has a beauty and an importance in of itself when it's put together. And likewise, individually, each of these names has an importance and an explanation and a benefit that you perhaps cannot find or that perhaps you need to bear in mind when you put these two names together. So let us begin by looking at the name al Hay. Al-Hay. And I think we want to know first of all, our methodology with regard to the names and attributes of Allah is that these names have attributes. And these attributes have meanings. They are not just, you know, they are not just like this person is called John and this person is called Mike and this person is called Ahmed and this, it doesn't work like that. These are names that have meanings. They have, they have a, they give you information about who Allah is. So who is Al-Hay? Al-Hay, comes from Sifatul Haya, the meaning or the attribute, the characteristic is that of life, is that of life. So the attribute that, that, is, that forms the meaning behind this name is the attribute of life. But I want you to bear in mind what I said in the very first lesson, I believe it was in the first lesson, when we said that all of Allah's names are the peak of perfection. So the life of Allah is a perfect life. Hayatun kamilatun. It is a life that is perfect in every single way. It is not like the life of His creation. The life of Allah is not like 
your life. The fact that Allah is living is not like the fact that you are living. We know what life is, but the life in terms of Allah is nothing like the life that you and I experience. And I will just give you some indications of that. First of all, our lives are preceded by nothingness. True, we were nothing and then we were created by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and then we were born. So we had a period in our life where we were not anything. We were Adam, nothing. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, his life has never been preceded by anything other than perfect life. And he's the first and there is none before him. And the last and there is none after him. Subhanahu wa ta'ala. So his life is not a life that began. The life of Allah Azza wa Jal did not begin. So this is a huge thing to bear in mind. That the life of Allah Azza wa Jal always was and always will be eternal. So it had no beginning. It always was and it didn't get better. You know like how human beings get, get better and better. Human beings get, you know, like for example, you get you're stronger, you get taller, you get you know, more intelligent. But the life of Allah has always been absolute perfection in every sense. It has never ever dipped, it has never ever become less perfect, or it has never grown to become more perfect. It is absolutely perfect, it always has been. And then where is our life going? Our life is going to end. No doubt the souls will pass on, the soul will not die. But the reason the soul does not die is the meaning of the name Al-Qayyum. The reason the soul does not die is because Allah keeps it alive and not because in of itself it has any special ability to live. So our lives, certainly our bodily lives, are going to end. But the life of Allah does not end. Our lives are punctuated with rest and sleep. In our life, our life, you know, at times you feel really energetic. But then after Isha on a Friday night, when you know you've got a 40 minute drive home, you start to feel a little bit like dozy, which we call in Arabic, sinna. La ta'khuduhu, sinatun, wala naum. Sinna is like when you have like, you know, you just start to doze. You become sort of a little bit tired. And a naum is sleep. And so Allah Azza wa Jal is telling you in Ayat Al-Kursi, Allahu la ilaha illahu, al-hayyu al-qayyum, la ta'khuduhu sinatun wala naum. That his life is so perfect, it doesn't have a period in his life where he rests. Like the Christian said, ta'ala Allahu amma yaquluna uluwan kabira. High is Allah over what they say. That they said that Allah Azza wa Jal created the earth in six days and then he rested on the seventh day. High is Allah above what they say about him. Allah Azza wa does not need to rest, not for a second, not for a minute, not for a day and not for any other thing than that. The creation of the heavens and the earth was not in any way difficult for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It was not like that was the big job you have to get over and then everything else after that is easy. No, the, the creation of the heavens and the earth was yaseer. This was easy for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It was not difficult for him. 
If he wishes to create something, he simply says, Kun fayakun, be and it is. So Allah Azza wa had no need to rest, nor is he affected by tiredness or sleep or slumber. That's another difference. There's no old age, there's no time when Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala becomes uh, like drops off or you know starts to fade out like our lives do as you get older you you fade and you become weaker and you become more frail until you die but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala's life is perfect and has always been perfect and will always be perfect and this life has no deficiency in it whatsoever it has no negative no flaws i mean look at your life right you get sick okay you in your life you get sick you have times when you're healthy times when you're sick times when you are not really you know like you're not fully engaged and times when you know you are not fully concentrating you have a lot of times in your life you go through a lot of things you have a lot of ayub you have flaws and faults you have time you know you have things in your life where your body doesn't do what it's supposed to do and your heart doesn't beat like it's supposed to beat and maybe your kidney stops doing what it's supposed to do but Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has no nuqsan no deficiency and no aib in any part of his life subhanahu wa ta'ala everything about it is perfect always and forever and more than that his life gives us a, an indication, like a doorway, to understand the other attributes that relate to Allah in Himself. Because the attributes of Allah are either attributes that relate to Allah in Himself, sifatun zatiya, they relate to Allah in Himself. Or they can be sifatun fi'liya, like things that Allah does for us. But if you look at al-hay, al-hay, is a collective name that gathers together every single one of the attributes of Allah that relates to Himself. So for example, Al-Ilm, the knowledge of Allah. The knowledge of Allah is found within the meaning of Al-Hay. Because this one who has such a complete life and never experiences any deficiency or any flaw or any slumber or any sleep by understanding from that he has perfect knowledge and the fact that Allah has as-sam'u wal-basar he is as-sami'u al-basir all of this is found within the meaning of al-hay because the one who has a perfect life is not blind and the one who has a perfect life is not death Death and the one who has a perfect life is not dumb or foolish. The one who has a perfect life is Samirun Basirun Alim. He can hear everything and see everything and he knows everything, subhanahu wa ta'ala. So once we understand this, we understand that this name Al Hay opens a door for us to understand all of the other attributes which are Sifatun. Zatiyya, the sifat that relate to Allah in Himself, His knowledge, Him seeing, His hearing, and that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, all of those come back to the fact that He is Al-Hay subhanahu wa ta'ala. 
his qudra, his power, his irada, his, if you like, uh, his will or his, his decisions that he makes subhanahu wa ta'ala and the decrees that he makes, his qala, all of these come back to the fact that he is al-hay. Reflect upon the statement of Allah in Surah Al-Rahman. Every day, every single day, every moment, Allah is engaged in something. Who can say anything about their life that even for two hours of the day you are you know, constantly engaged and focused on one thing? And yet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, think of all of Allah's creation that He sustains. And they need Him in every, you know, every fraction of a second. His creation need Him and every one of them needs Him all the time. And yet He never ever stumbles, He never slumbers, He never sleeps, He never breaks. This life opens the, the door to us understanding His power, understanding His mercy, understanding Him being Ar-Rahman. The fact that He is the most merciful. Because the fact that He is the most merciful again can be understood in the light of the fact that He is Al-Hay, the ever-living. The most alive, the most perfectly alive and the ever-living, subhanahu wa ta'ala. And the fact that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does whatever He, will, he wills. فَعَالٌ لِمَا يُرِيدٌ He does whatever He wants. Whenever he wants, subhanahu wa ta'ala, because of this perfect life. And again, once you know that this is the description of your Lord, how do you feel towards him? There's an answer to this in the Quran when Allah Azza wa Jal says, Watawakkal ala al hayy la yamut. Watawakkal ala al hayy la yamut. Rely upon the ever-living who never dies. You know, subhanAllah, when you think about this, why do you put your reliance in Allah? Why do you make dua to Allah? Why is it that only Allah deserves to be worshipped? Because He is Al-Hay. He is the one that nothing else has those attributes of perfection except Him. And nothing else can give claim to what he does except him because he is al-hay he is al-mustahiq he is the one that is deserving of worship and that is the meaning of the beginning of ayatul kursi allahu la ilaha illa hu al-hayyul qayyum it is as though allah azza wa jalla is saying he is allah the one that there is no god worthy of worship but him because he is al-hayyul qayyum and the reason why Allah is deserving of worship alone and with no partner is because He is Al-Hayyul Qayyum. And look at the, the understanding when Allah says, Al-Hay Al-Ladhi La Yamut, the living that never dies. Because Al-Hay Al-Ladhi Yamut, the one who dies, this one is not perfect. He is living, but then he dies. Likewise, the one who is dead and is not living at all, or the one who is dead and is no longer living. Al-Mayyit, al-Ladhi laysa bihay. And likewise, 
the things which are inanimate objects like trees and stones that never had any life to begin with. All of these do not deserve a fraction of your worship. And if someone says to you, you know, why can't I make dua to my, you know, sheikh or the person in the grave or the statue or the stone, then we say to them, only Allah is the one who is al-hayy that will never die. As for all of those that you worship, they are one of three things. They are living and they are going to die. Or they are dead after they were living, or they are inanimate objects that were never living in the first place. So how do they compare to al-hayy la yamut? To the living, the ever-living, the one with perfect life, who will never ever die. You just can't compare. And so when you hear Al-Hay, this should make you realize that every single act of worship that you do has to be only to Allah. And that as soon as you put your trust in anything other than Allah, whether it is a piece of paper or whether it's a statue or a, you know something you put around your neck or whether it is something that you worship that used to be alive but now it is dead, have you seen Allat and Al Uzza and Manat, the third, the other one? One of them is a stone or a grave, one of them is a, a, you know, a, a, a pious person who used to give the people at Hajj food and he passed away. One of them is a tree that the people have taken for barakah or some such thing. When you go through these three, have you seen Allah and Al-Uzza and Manat the third, the other one? How do they compare to Al-Hayyul Qayyum? One of them was living and he died. One of them was never alive in the first place. So how can they compare to Al-Hayyul Qayyum? Al-Hayyul The one who is living and will never ever ever die. And Allah Azza wa Jal commands us in the Quran, Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen in Surah Ghafir. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, He is Al Hay, the one that there is no God worthy of worship except Him. So make dua to Him, making the religion for Him alone. And after this ayah, how can a person stand in front of a grave and raise their hands to the person in that grave? After Allah Azza wa Jal commanded you, He is Al-Hay, there is no God worthy of worship but Him. So make dua to Him and make it to Him alone. Mukhlisin alahuddin. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. All praises to Allah, the Lord of the worlds. And from the dua of the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Allahumma laka aslamt wa bika amant wa alayka tawakkalt wa ilayka anabt wa bika khasamt Allahumma inni a'udhu bi'izzatika la ilaha illa ant an tudillani anta al-hayyu alladhi la yamut wal jinnu wal insu yamutun walhadithu inda al-bukhari wa muslim From the dua of the Prophet that he used to say Oh Allah, for you I have become Muslim or I have submitted and in you I have believed, and upon you I have relied, and to you I have repented, and because of you I have argued or I have 
you know, for you I have defended, or I have, you know, I have put forth my argument and my da'wah that I have given. Or Allah, I seek refuge with your, or from, with your izzah, your might and your power. La ilaha illa ant. There is no God worthy of worship except you, that you misguide me. You are al-hay, who never dies, and the jinn, and mankind will die. Even the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, Allah Azza wa Jalla said, إِنَّكَ مَيِّتٌ وَإِنَّهُمْ مَيِّتُونَ Indeed, you are going to die and they are going to die. No doubt the Prophet ﷺ is alive in the Barzakh. Hayatun Barzakhiyya, the life of the Barzakh. But there's also no doubt that in terms of this worldly life, he sallallahu alayhi passed away. The jinn and men, they die. But as for Allah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala never dies. And this kind of opens the door for us to understand the importance of making dua with these names when we make dua. There are two reasons why you should make dua with Al-Hayyul Qayyum. First of all, the many scholars of Islam, including the Al-Allama Ibn Qayyim ta'ala, who considered Al-Hayyul Qayyum to be Ismullah Al-Azam, to be the greatest name of Allah. And secondly, the fact that the Prophet ﷺ so frequently made dua with these names, Al-Hayyul Qayyum, and the meanings it gives. So for sure, you know, the, I would say the, two, the three names you should never ever cease to make dua to Allah with are Allah, Al-Hay, Al-Qayyum. Because these are the three of the strongest that have the strongest possibility to be the greatest name of Allah. The scholars differed between the greatest name of Allah, but the strongest opinions by far are that it is Allah or that it is Al-Hayyul Qayyum or that it is every name that has a comprehensive meaning like Allah and Al-Hayyul Qayyum. So whatever of those three opinions you take, there's no doubt that we should be making dua with this name again and again and again. And that's only one part. Now we come to Al-Qayyum. So Al-Qayyum again has an attribute. What is the attribute of Al-Qayyum? It is that as we say about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, it is his Qayyumiyyah, his Qayyumiyyah. The fact that he is constantly sustaining his creation. And Al-Qayyum has two meanings. Uh, one of the meanings is with regard to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself. And that is Allah Azza wa Jal is Al-Qa'imu bi nafsihi. So one of the meanings of Al-Qayyum is Al-Qa'imu bi nafsihi, the one who is completely self-sufficient. Because Al-Qayyum is an emphatic form of Qa'im. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is Qa'imun bi nafsihi. He doesn't need anyone else. The names which contain this meaning is the name Al-Ghani, the rich. As Allah Azza wa Jal said, Ya ayyuhal nasu antumul fuqara'u ila Allah, wallahu huwa al-ghaniyul hamid. O mankind, you are in desperate need of Allah, and Allah is al-ghaniyul hamid. Allah is the most rich and the most deserving of praise. So this is one of the meanings of al-qayyum, that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is completely independent of need of anything and anyone else. 
if every single one of his creation disbelieved in him, that would not decrease anything from his dominion. And if every one of them believed in him, that would not add anything to his dominion, subhanahu wa ta'ala, because he is Al-Ghani and he is Al-Qayyum. The one that there is, he doesn't need anyone or anything else. And if you think about it, that puts you in such a, a position of, what's the word, recognizing your need of Allah. Allah loves you to recognize your need of Him. Allah loves you to beg of Him. No one likes you to beg except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Nobody loves a person who begs except Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala when you beg to Him. Because Allah loves for you to demonstrate you are faqir, you are in desperate need of Him. Wallah, if you are the richest man in this earth, on this earth, you are in need, in desperate need of Allah If Allah left you for the blink of an eye, you would be dead and all of your money would just be a weight to weigh your body down in the grave. Ya Allah. You are the ones in need of Allah. Allah is Al-Qayyum. He doesn't need you. He doesn't need your ibadah. He doesn't need Muhammad Tim to give lectures in the masjid and teach the people good. If I do something to do that, that is for my benefit alone. I do not benefit Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in anything. Azza wa Jal. He doesn't need me. And that's why, you know, we realize how insignificant we are in the sight of Allah Azza wa Jal. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't need me. Allah Azza wa Jal tells us that if we disobey Him, He will simply replace us with an entire new people. And that is not difficult for Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala to do. How many times has Allah destroyed the people who came before, the, before us when they disobeyed Him? He doesn't need you or me or anyone else to do anything for the deen. Rather, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is Al-Qayyum. He is completely free of need in any way. This is one of the meanings of Al-Qayyum. And this is one of the reasons, of course, why we should worship Allah Azza wa Jal alone, because He is Al-Qayyum. And if you think about this, this is mentioned in more than one ayah in the Quran, Allah Azza wa Jal tells us, أَفَمَنْ هُوَ قَائِمٌ عَلَىٰ كُلِّ نَفْسٍ بِمَا كَسَبَتْ وَجَعَلُوا لِلَّهِ شُرَكَاءَ قُلْ سَمُّهُمْ Allah Azza wa Jal says, as for the one who is قَائِمٌ عَلَىٰ كُلِّ نَفْسٍ, who is responsible or who is sustaining every single soul and is going to take every single soul to account for what they have done and then they make partners with Allah. Say, name those partners that you have made. SubhanAllah, think about it. The one who has this lack of need and this supremacy over his creation and then after that we make a partner with Allah in something that is in need of Allah. Like Allah Azza wa Jal says, أُولَٰئِكَ الَّذِينَ يَدْعُونَ يَبْتَغُونَ إِلَىٰ رَبِّهِمُ الْوَسِيلَةِ أَيُّهُمْ أَقْرَبُ وَيَرْجُونَ رَحْمَتَهُ وَيَخَافُونَ عَذَابَهُ They are the ones who make dua to Allah. You make dua to Isa ibn Maryam. Isa, Jesus, is making dua to Allah in desperate need of Allah. Seeking a means of nearness to Allah. Seeking a wasila to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Which of them are nearer? And hoping in Allah's reward and his akhirah and his mercy and fearing his punishment 
This is the state of Jesus, son of Mary, والسلام, that he is in the state where he is desperately begging Allah for his mercy. And if that is the state of the people who other human beings pray to them, then shouldn't we pray to Al-Hayyul Qayyum, the ever-living and the one who is in no need of anyone or anything else, but his whole creation is in need of him. And Allah says that Allah is the one who holds the heavens and the earth from falling down. And if they were to fall down, who is it after him who could hold them? Who is it after Allah Azza wa Jal that could stop the heavens and the earth from falling down? And Allah Subhanahu wa Ta'ala says many many ayat Allah Azza wa Jal says wa ayatihi an bi From the signs of Allah Azza wa Jal is that the heavens and the earth exist because of his command. And all of these are from the meanings of Al-Qayyum. And this gives us our second uh, our second meaning of Al-Qayyum or these ayat give us our second meaning of Al-Qayyum. And that is the one who sustains everything else. So put these two meanings together. The first is that Allah is the one who is self-sufficient and doesn't need anyone. And then not only is Allah self-sufficient and doesn't need anyone, but on top of that, Allah sustains everything else. The arsh, the heavens and the earth, Every single human being, living and dead, Jannah and the Hellfire, all of them only exist by the command of Allah and by the sustenance of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. The fact that Allah sustains them constantly. If Allah Azza wa Jal were to leave any one of His creation for the smallest moment, that creation would cease to exist. So not only is Allah completely self-sufficient in of Himself, but He is also the one who is sustaining His creation. And this is one of the meanings of Al-Qayyum. Al-Qayyum. So Al-Qayyum has two main meanings, the one who is self-sufficient and the one who sustains everything else. And so when you look at this name Al-Qayyum, what do you see in terms of all of the names of Allah? All of the sifat al-fi'liyyah, all of the actions of Allah that Allah does can be summarized within the name al-qayyum. Like we said, all of the sifat dhatiyah, all of the things that are about Allah Himself, all of those can be summarized within the name al-hayy. All of the actions that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does can be summarized within the name al-qayyum. All of the af'al and the a'mal, all of the things that we know about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala bestowing mercy and Him giving provision, al-rizq, wal-khalq, wal-tadabbur, all of these things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does, His creation and His provision and His control of the universe, all of these come back to Al-Qayyum. All of them come back to Al-Qayyum. And so what do you... What do you understand from this in your life, you realize your desperate need of Allah. You realize the perfection of Allah and you realize your need of Him and the fact that if He doesn't guide you, you can do every action. Do you not hear the hadith of the Prophet ﷺ that one of you would do the actions of the people of Jannah until there is nothing between you and it except the forearm's length. 
and then the decree of Allah will overcome that person and they will become from the people of the hellfire. And that the person will do the actions of the people of the hellfire until there is nothing between him and the hellfire except a dhirah, except a forearm's length. And then what is written for him will overcome him and he will become from the people of Jannah. If Allah Azza wa Jal doesn't guide you and doesn't help you, the one who Allah guides, no one can take them away from that guidance. And the one whom Allah misguides, no one can, no one can guide that person. So when we put these two names together, we see that they gather every single name of Allah within them. And this is the added beauty of Al-Hayyul Qayyum versus Al-Hayy and Al-Qayyum. Al-Hayy and Al-Qayyum, we've spoken about the beauty of them. Now we put them together, we get Al-Hayyul Qayyum, we get the added beauty. What is the added beauty? The added beauty of Al-Hayyul Qayyum is that all of the names of Allah come within it. Because every single name of Allah is either something within Himself, Subhanahu Wa Ta'ala, like His, uh, like for example, we said Sami' al-Basir, his attributes of himself, or an action that he subhanahu wa ta'ala does, bestowing mercy, rizq, khalq, creation, provision, and so on and so forth. So those that relate to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala himself return to the name Al-Hay, and those that relate to the actions of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala towards his creation refer to or come back to Al-Qayyum. So when we have Al-Hayyul Qayyum, every single meaning of the names of Allah azza wa jal can be found within Al-Hayyul Qayyum. And that is why some of the scholars of Islam said regarding the greatest name of Allah, it is not one name. But the greatest name of Allah are the greatest names of Allah, meaning those names like Allah, Al-Hayy, Al-Qayyum, that gather many, many names inside of one. Otherwise, you will see some names do not. For example, Ar-Rahim. Ar-Rahim is a beautiful name which has many beautiful meanings and it refers to that particular element of bestowing mercy. But Al-Hay refers to all of the other names of Allah and Al-Qayyum refers to all of the other names of Allah. So when we gather these together, they have a, certainly they have more, uh, if you like, uh, more emphasis in them and more complexity than explaining just one name that has a single meaning. So like uh, we said, Al-Hay refers to all of Sifat Al-Dhat, all of the descriptions of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in Himself, and Al-Qayyum to all of Sifat Al-Af'al, all of the Sifat that refer to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in His actions towards His creation. I'll just read you what Ibn Al-Qayyim rahimahullah ta'ala, I'll just read you one part because I don't want to take too long tonight. I'll read you one part of what Ibn Al-Qayyim rahimahullah ta'ala said about Al-Hayyul Qayyum. Bear in mind that Ibn Al-Qayyim held that Al-Hayyul Qayyum is the greatest name of Allah. So he held that Al-Hayyul Qayyum is the single greatest name of Allah Azawajal. So he said, فَإِنَّ صِفَةَ الْحَيَاءِ مُتَضَمِّنَةِ لِجَمِيعِ الصِّفَاتِ الْكَمَالِ مُسْتَلْزَمَةٌ لَهَا وَصِفَةُ الْقَيُّمِيَّةِ مُتَضَمَّنَةٌ لِجَمِيعِ الصِّفَاتِ الْأَفْعَالِ وَلِهَذَا كَانَ اسْمُ اللَّهِ الْأَعْظَمِ الَّذِي وَلِهَذَا كَانَ اسْمَ اللَّهِ الْأَعْظَمِ الَّذِي إِذَا دُعِيَ بِهِ أَجَابُ وَإِذَا سُئِلَ بِهِ أَعْطَى وَهُوَ اسْمُ الْحَيُّ الْقَيُّومِ He said, For indeed the description of Al-Hayat, 
is a one that encompasses all of the perfect names of Allah and is or necessitates them. And in other words, we know that they are necessary to say about Allah because Allah is Al-Hayy. And the description of Al-Qayyumiyyah, which comes from Al-Qayyum, the sustenance, is also encompasses all of the descriptions of Allah's actions. And for this reason, it is the greatest name of Allah that if you make dua with it, you will be answered. And if you ask Allah by it, He will give you. This name is Al-Hayy, Al-Qayyum. And I just want you to, uh, to read you just something, just one more particular uh, thing that Ibn Al-Qayyum Taala said. Uh, he said, Rahimahullah Ta'ala, uh, and I'll just quickly translate into English so that we save time. He says, the effect of saying, Ya Hayyu Ya Qayyum bi rahmatika astaghith. This is a dua the Prophet Sallallahu would say in times of trouble. Ya Hayyu Ya Qayyum bi rahmatika astaghith. O ever living, the sustainer of everything, by your mercy, I seek relief from you or I seek uh, I seek victory or help from you. Al-Istighatha is like relief and victory and all of those things that comes. So uh, usually against an enemy or against a difficult task, you say Istighatha. So by your mercy, I seek relief and I seek victory from you. Ibn al-Qayyim says, in the effect of this statement, in repelling sickness and hardship and problems and all of the other things he says there is a there is a wonderful i don't know quite how to translate this he says munasibatun there's a beautiful sort of link or a beautiful sort of benefit and a tie in between the al-hayyul qayyum and between removing hardship and removing problems in your life he says for indeed the description of uh, the life of Allah encompasses all of his perfect attributes and necessitates them. And the description of his uh, sustenance of his creation covers all of the things that he does. And for this reason, it is the greatest name of Allah. And then he mentions after that, he says that Allah has this perfect life that is the opposite of every sickness and pain. So he says the opposite of this perfect life is sickness and sickness and pain. And he says, for this reason, when the people of Jannah are given a perfect life by Allah, when the people of Jannah are given a perfect life by Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and that life is not independent, they, they don't have that life independently, they have it because Allah is Al-Qayyum. They will not be affected by sadness, nor by worry, nor by being preoccupied or depressed, nor will they be affected by any problem in their life. That's the first point. And this is, you know, I could spend all night on this. This is beautiful. He, what is Ibn al-Qayyim telling you? He is saying to you, if you want to understand why making dua to Allah with al-Hayy is so effective in removing personal problems, then think of the people of Jannah. When Allah, who is Al-Hayy, gives them a life without death, then their life that they are given is a life without worry and a life without 
hardship, a life without depression, and a life without sadness. That all comes from Al-Hay, the ever-living, the fact that Allah is the ever-living. So when you make dua to him, you are recognizing that that name Al-Hay is the opposite of Al-Ham, Wal-Gham, Wal-Hazan, all of the hardship and worry and depression and preoccupation and afat and mashakil, all of these problems you go through in your life, the opposite of that is al-hay. And so when you're making dua, it's like you are telling, oh Allah, you are al-hay and you are the one who relieves us from this worldly life and our problems and our depression and our sadness and our hardships. You are the one who has that perfection and you are the one who relieves people from what opposes that perfection. But Ibn Qayyim doesn't stop there. He says, then realize that every problem or every deficiency in your life comes from the harm of certain actions which are the opposite of Allah being Al-Qayyum. So, you know, all of the problems in your life come because of certain actions that happen to you or certain things you do. You do a sin or you do something wrong or someone does something to you, some sort of oppression. And this, the opposite of this is Al-Qayyum. So imagine that if Allah Azza wa Jal gave you rizq without any limit and Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala gave you life without any limit and Allah Subh'anaHu Wa Taala gave you health without any limit, all of this comes from Al-Qayyum. So whenever Allah bestows upon you from His grace and His mercy one of these characteristics, then automatically you see that this is from His Qayyumiyyah. This is from the fact that Allah is Al-Qayyum. And then he has a long, long, long uh, statement uh, which we will perhaps, we can miss over or we can skip over. But it's something of great benefit, I think, personally, to, to reflect on the fact that when you make dua, Ya Hayyu Ya Qayyum bi rahmatika astaghith, you're effectively saying that the reason I'm having problems is my life is so deficient. And my life is deficient because of what I have done and because what of what is done to me. And because you are the one with perfect life and you are the one with perfect sustenance and provision, then you are the one who can remove my problems. And so Al Hayyu Qayyum have a particular effect in removing a person's problems and a person's suffering and a person's difficulties. And uh, in Sahih uh, Abi Hatim and Ibn Hibban, there is a, or in Sahih Abi Hatim from the Prophet Sallallahu there is a hadith, Ismullah al-A'zam fi hatayn al-ayatayn wa ilahukum ilahun wahidun la ilaha illahu ar-Rahman rahim and in Alif Lam Mim, Allahu la ilaha illahu al Hayu Qayyum. This is in a Sunan and Sahih Abi Hatim. So in the Sunan, including uh, Jami' Tirmidhi, this hadith that the greatest name of Allah is found in these two ayat. Wa ilahukum ilahun wahidun la ilaha illahu ar Rahman ar Rahim. And in the ayah, Alif Lam Mim, Allahu la ilaha illahu, Al Hayyul Qayyum. And again, you know the three opinions we've mentioned on this regard. And generally, this is an indication that we should be using this name very, very, very frequently. And likewise, in uh, the four Sunan and Ibn Hibban from the hadith of Anas, that a man made dua saying, Allahumma inni as'aluka bi anna lakal hamd. 
لا إله إلا أنت المنان بديع السماوات والأرض يا ذا الجلال والإكرام يا حي يا قيوم فقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم لقد دعا الله لقد دعا الله باسمه الأعظم الذي إذا دعي به أجاب وإذا سئل به أعطى that a man said O Allah so bear in mind he said Allah O Allah Allahumma O Allah I ask you by the fact that you have all praise all praises for you there is no God worthy of worship except you you are Al-Mannan so this is the second one Allah and Al-Mannan Badi'u samawati wal ard Ya dhal jalali wal ikram Dhul jalali wal ikram For those of them who approve it as a name Dhul jalali wal ikram Ya hayyu ya qayyum And the Prophet ﷺ said to him You have made dua with Allah's greatest name The name that if he has made dua by it He answers and if he has asked by it He gives So again Keeping Allah Al-hayyu qayyum and so on and so forth from these names is very 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 important to, to frequently keep those in your dua and the Prophet ﷺ in an authentic hadith in the hadith of Anas ibn Malik radiallahu an kana nabiyu sallallahu alayhi wa sallam idha karabahu amrun qal ya hayu ya qayyum bi rahmatika astaghith the Prophet ﷺ would say when something would become hard for him ya hayu ya qayyum bi rahmatika and the last thing we're going to finish is this discussion of the ayah in Surah Taha. وَعَنَتِ الْوُجُوهُ لِلْحَيِّ الْقَيُّومِ وَعَنَتِ الْوُجُوهُ لِلْحَيِّ الْقَيُّومِ وَقَدْ خَابَ مَنْ حَمَلَ ظُلْمًا This, I think, summarizes for us the greatness of these two names. Because it is that every face on the day of judgment will become humbled, will be lowered, will be sort of, uh, if you like, um, lowered and humbled and will be, you know, sort of bowed down before Allah, Al-Hayyul Qayyum. And I just wanted to finish with this because at the end of the day, if you think about the meaning of Ibadah, what is the meaning of Ibadah? Ibadah Essentially, the, the, the essence of ibadah is a dhul wal khudur lillahi subhanahu wa ta'ala. The essence of ibadah is lowering yourself, humbling yourself, and showing absolute submission and attentiveness and humility before Allah. The essence of ibadah is that you lower yourself. I mean, if you imagine ibadah of, you know, something haram, let's say ibadah of a, a grave or a statue, what do you see the person do? You see them lowering themselves. They put their face on the ground. They put their hands. They cry. They put themselves in the lowest position. And that, in reality, is the essence of what worship is. So even if they tell you we're not worshiping, the essence of worship is a dhul wal khudur, is that you lower yourself. You put yourself down. You put yourself in the lowest position before the object of worship. And that is the meaning given to us by this ayah. That on that day, every single face, every single face, regardless of whether it had believed in Allah or not believed in Allah, every single face will lower itself in absolute humility and submission to Al-Hayyul Qayyum. And at a loss, 
You know, the person has failed and lost the one who carries an oppression on that day, who oppresses somebody else who has an oppression. And the greatest oppression that you can have, Ya bunayya la tushrik billah, inna shirka la dhulmun azim. The greatest oppression that you can do is to make a partner with Allah. As Luqman said to his son, Oh my son, do not make a partner with Allah. Indeed, making a partner with Allah is the greatest oppression. And so this is two, these are two things that we benefit from this last ayah. And if you think about it, these three ayahs that have al-hayyul qayyum, all of them are the essence of tawheed. Worshipping Allah alone. Allahu la ilaha illahu al-hayyul qayyum. Alif lam mim, Allahu la ilaha illahu al-hayyul qayyum. And then, wa'anati al-wujuhu lil-hayyul qayyum. That the faces were on that day, they will be lowered, they will be humbled. They will, the voices will become lowered. Their voices will become lowered and will become quiet for Ar-Rahman. Nobody will dare to speak except without his permission. Nobody will intercede. Not even the Prophet will intercede without the permission of Allah Who is it that can intercede with him without his permission? Nobody will intercede. on The Prophets will feel shy to ask Allah on that day. You know when the prophets will go from, when the people will go from prophet to prophet, they will go to Adam, they will say that you are the father of, of mankind. Don't you see what we are in? Don't you see the state, how bad our state is? Don't you see what a horrible thing has afflicted us and what a terrible state we are in? Make dua to Allah to relieve this for us. And he remembers the sin that he did and he says, what does he say on that day? Nafsi, nafsi. Myself, myself, I don't want anything to do with you. I'm only worried about myself on that day. And they go from prophet to prophet, from Ibrahim and Musa and Isa salam. All of them say, nafsi, nafsi. Indeed, your Lord has become angry today. An anger that he will never become. He has never been angry like that before and he will never be angry like that again. Nafsi, nafsi, myself, myself until they will come to the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and he will say, Ana laha, this is for me. Meaning that Allah has given me the permission to do this. But SubhanAllah, look at how the people will be lowered before Allah Azza wa Jal on that day. And then think about the fact that if you don't lower yourself before Allah in this dunya, you will not be able to lower yourself before Allah Azza wa Jal like the believers will on that day. Like Allah mentions those people who will be called to make ruku' and their backs will become straight. They will not be able to bend in ruku' before Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala because they were called to make ruku' in this dunya and they did not make ruku'. They were called to bow. Bow with those people who bow. And they didn't bow, then Allah will not allow them to have the beauty of tasting that pure worship of Allah on that day. Rather, they will lower themselves before Allah, but they will not lower themselves in a way that is beautiful and a way that is pleasing to them. Rather, they will simply just be forced to lower themselves before Allah in the submission to the Supreme Master and Creator of the heavens and the earth. But at the end of the day, it is the believer who will be able to show that humility and that love and that devotion to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that you have that dhul and that khudu' that you showed in this dunya so that you'll be able to show it on that day wa'anatil wujuhu lil hayyul qayyum and Allah azza wa jal knows best wa salatu wa salam 
على نبينا محمد وعلى اله وصحبه اجمعين سبحانك اللهم وبحمدك اشهد ان لا اله الا انت استغفرك واتوب اليك